0: This is Grace Grit and Getting It Done, the podcast for women who want to focus on their personal development and their professional priorities, increase their earnings, expand their influence, and advance up the leadership ladder all the way into the C-suite. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. My podcast, Grace Grit and Getting It Done, offers a practical guide for women working in the corporate arena. Weekly episodes feature conversations with recognized experts, authors, and influencers. I'm covering topics from navigating corporate culture and coping with gender bias to prioritizing self-care and managing work-life balance. For more information, or if you'd like to contact me, send an email to lisa at bigsky.coach. What's the difference between a manager and a leader? Well, a manager manages a process, a workflow, an operating system. A leader, a true leader, motivates and inspires people. A leader motivates people to do things they didn't know how to do or didn't think they could do. A leader, a true leader, inspires people to do things they didn't believe they could do. But how does a leader motivate and inspire themselves? How does a leader, not someone with a big title, but a true leader with a vision, keep themselves motivated and inspired Well, today, my guest is Camille McKinney, and she is an expert in coaching women leaders and emerging leaders how to motivate and inspire themselves. Camille empowers overworked, hyper-achieving women to dig deeper and trust themselves. Camille motivates and inspires women leaders to work smarter, not harder, so they can achieve their full potential camille welcome i'm so excited you're here
1: thank you lisa thanks for having me i'm i'm honored to be on your podcast so thank you for inviting me
0: oh back at you sister so let's jump right in what prompted you to begin coaching women leaders
1: so you know it's this goes back many many years uh i spent the majority of my corporate career before going out on my own as a leadership coach um, in the learning and development area so i and i did quite a bit of work with leaders um, as well as sales teams and the thing that struck me the most just in general around leadership is that you know we're really good in learning and development in teaching you know teaching about and giving knowledge providing skills opportunities to practice but there was always a missing piece that created that true transformation which was the coaching component coaching is a fair as you know coaching is a fairly new profession what 30 years 35 years yeah and you know as a trainer for all those years I always felt like this was the piece that was missing for sure and so when it came time for me to rethink about my purpose and what i wanted to do i really gravitated towards that purpose of really wanting to help leaders transform into the leaders they wanted to be
0: it is true that many times people are given this responsibility because they're great at a function And so then they're like, okay, so we're gonna give you your next title, all of a sudden they're managing people. But as we've had in earlier discussions, you manage processes, there's that human interface that needs to be there to inspire and motivate a team. So when you have been working with leaders, um, and I just wanna talk generally now, not specifically women leaders, what Uh are some of the big issues that someone who has been great at a function, And all of a sudden, they're told they're going to have a team. What are some of the, um, let's just say pitfalls, you've observed that people who have taken that first step into an important leadership role?
1: You know, I think that really is, you know, you kind of hit it on the button. Most leaders are promoted because of their expertise as an individual contributor. And that expertise is hard to let go of. So they continue in their leadership role to do the work. And right. And, and so they struggle to let that go because it's like, well, this is what got me promoted. And and Marshall Goldsmith, he has a book, right? right and you're right. familiar with it. What got you here won't get you there. Right. And a hard truth to accept for a lot of leaders. So as a oh. coach, what I'm finding seems to resonate. Is that you know you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater here, but what you do need to do is reimagine your expertise. What in what way does your team need your expertise? And that that is in the form of leadership. It is in the form of using that expertise to help others grow their expertise. And that might look very different depending on the industry you're in. You know, from an engineer to a creative, you know that's going to vary. Um, but I I think that's a big component is really seeing how do I reimagine how I um, use that expertise in the development of others to help them be successful.
0: I, I agree with you. That is a true leader who's really looking to develop their people. Uh-huh. And this brings me to a question that we haven't talked about in our earlier conversations, but it's that ability to delegate. And I know many times, as I climbed the corporate ladder, I had a really hard time delegating because there were certain projects that I was working on where I just, well, I'll do it myself, it'll be faster, it'll get done. And Mm -hmm. so if you were coaching, uh, let's say a a relatively new leader, someone who had stepped into a role that was much bigger than one they'd previously had, and they were having a problem delegating, what are some of the things you'd work with them on?
1: Yeah, so I always, I actually use delegating as an example. I, I tell people, it's like, look, I can put you in a classroom and teach you how to delegate all day long. I can give you the steps, uh, I can empower you to, you know, to work with others and practice. But at the end of the day, if you struggle to trust others to get things done, if you struggle to let go because you think, well, it's faster for me to do it myself. I mean, how many times have we heard somebody say that, right? Just faster for me to do it myself. I'll just go ahead and do it. Right? Hey, me too. I'll just go ahead and do it. So I really think it is about that digging deeper. Let's get to the bottom of that. What's happening when, when you're getting ready or, you know, intellectually that you need to give this to someone else? What is stopping you from letting go? And I think that's a challenge that leaders have is is taking that time to really reflect on the why they're making the choices they are. And that's why coaching, I think, is so valuable for these leaders. It gives them that space, hopefully a safe space. Certainly, that's what I strive and I know you do to create for our clients. Or they can tell themselves some truths about the why, um, and then we can kind of okay. Now that we've done that, <laughs> what's next? You know, how? What's the what's the next step in overcoming that? Right. So
0: right. That's. Um, I mean, you do talk about how you get your clients to dig deeper, and that can be incredibly vulnerable. I want to talk to you a little bit about working with women specifically because. Mm-hmm let's just acknowledge that there are a certain set of challenges that women leaders face as they climb up through the ranks of management. And one of them is uh, really that work-life balance where and, and this, we found this so true, is that many women have domestic responsibilities as well as responsibilities in the workplace, and it can be a trade-off. And yeah. it's very interesting to me that during the pandemic, if there was a father on a Zoom call and the kids were in the room, it was like, oh, Bob is so great. Look, he's taking care of the kids. He's yeah. like the total person. Whereas if Mary had kids running in during the Zoom meeting, it was like, Hey, can't you take care of your kids? So when Uh you're, right, there's a double standard there. Let's just acknowledge it. But when you're working with women leaders who may be thinking, wow, I've got those responsibilities at home that I can't delegate. Uh I've got no one to delegate to, but at work, I can delegate because I've got my lieutenants. How do you overcome that hurdle? How do you get them to do that mindset
1: shift? Well, I, uh, this is, you know, first of all, I want to acknowledge the example you gave is just so true to life and, and I've heard it absolutely. Especially now that, you know, there's more, there are more organizations that are asking their teams to come back into the office and the challenge that that is posing, uh, for a lot of families and, you know, I think here's something, especially I realize that we're we're having this conversation before the holidays and right. we're all starting to think about 2023. I would encourage I encourage my clients to think in terms when it comes to work-life balance, it's kind of kind of like a an aspiration, right? It's something we all yes. want, but yes. not exactly easy to achieve. And the place i like to encourage people to start and this is for men or women but because i work with women it's particularly a, a relevant conversation is what are your priorities to get mm. really clear i just get rid of the resolutions don't do them. yeah yeah in january they're gone anyway so let's just but priorities is a different story If we can really get some clarity around that And then we build our goals in support of honoring those priorities. So if family is a priority, what does that look like every day? Because a lot of us can say my family is my priority, but if you're working an 80 hour work week, I'm gonna challenge you on that. Yeah, yeah. I think that is really, it's about getting that clarity about what is true for you and then kind of executing on it, right? Yeah. I'm all about execution, get it done. And it's, but we have to make choices around that. And that really is kind of, for me, when I talk about working with overworked, hyperachieving achieving women, it's because I was that overworked, hyperachieving achieving woman leader. A lot of coaches, we like to work with the people that we used to be. Correct. Right? <laughs> And so the question then becomes What? Where, where is that, where's the root of that kind of digging out the root to, in order to get rid of it, right? We have to get to the bottom of it. Right. So wh- where is that need to overwork? Where is that need to hyperachieve? We all have our story that created that work ethic. And I think for me, that is what women need to explore. Is where does that come from it's not you know we've talked about and you know and i'm sure you and other guests have said you know there is that distinction between therapy and coaching Uh, we're not working on fixing those childhood but we do need it doesn't form who we are today right so i think value in having those discussions around where does this Mm -hmm. stuff come from and then how is it impacting your life today and then what how do we resolve it, address it, you know? What
0: What I find so interesting about this particular topic, and you really did speak to this, is that there is this need for most of us who are women to be perfect, to mm-hmm. be seen as being perfect, to never make an error, to always do it right, to do it right at home, to do it right at work. And when you talk about really identifying priorities, going through that work, that deep work, because you do have to take a deep look at yourself and having a coach like you, who is there holding the hand of each client to do that deep work where you've got to be vulnerable and saying, what's really driving me here to do it all and be it all and be perfect. If you realize the priority is, yeah, it's really my kids, then it makes it much easier to go, oh, I can let. You know the manager who reports to me do that big project that i normally do it gives them an opportunity great i can let that go and wow. it's that transformational aspect that i just find so brilliant about the way you coach i do want to talk a little bit here and and this is off of our um we haven't really discussed this at all but there is a big component of societal expectation cultural norms Mm -hmm. and of course social media that is putting these images in our head of what we're supposed to be like and what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed you know we're supposed to have it all and that is the big lie because we can't have it all at one time so how do you coach your clients through that process of let's focus here and then we'll take the next step. What do you say to your clients when they're like I want it all right now? Because it's
1: you know I I get it. There are so many again the images like you mentioned, the images, the belief systems, it's it's cultural and at some point We, I know that for me, it came down to what is the truth here for me is, you know, where did this perfectionism belief come from and is it possible? And it isn't always, it isn't possible. It doesn't exist. I believe we show up as our best selves in that moment. And it's going to look different every day. So I, I encourage my clients to right-size it, right-size the expectations that you have for yourself and and really reflect on, did I show up as my best today?
0: And usually that. the
1: answer, you know, it, it may be yes, it may be no. And then we get to work on that. We get to clean that up.
0: Camille, I love that you have your clients ask that question: How did I show up today?
1: Uh-huh. And it
0: really, it really comes back to what was my intention, and did I act in accordance with my highest intention? Talk a little bit more about your process of getting your clients to ask themselves, "How did I show up today?"
1: Well, you know, I, if, I guess really it is about. And it really does kind of fit into the model that I created around developing one's own self leadership. And I'll get into that Mm -hmm. in a bit, Um, Uh but it really is about taking ownership. Yeah. That really is where it starts. You know, you mentioned a lot of the external factors that women bump up against as Mm -hmm. they are climbing the, you know, their career ladder. And while I want to acknowledge that that all exists, yeah, it certainly happened to me. Um, I want women and the clients that I work with to focus on what they have control over, exactly, which yeah. is themselves. This, all right. of this stuff happening, we acknowledge it, and in small ways, in our we impact change in our own small ways. But when we when we're when the goal is to change ourselves and to change the results we're getting, we got to keep the focus on us. And so that's what I really encourage women to do is to in doing that is to be present to their own needs, to reflect on how they showed up that day, to really get to know themselves. What are their strengths? What are their talents? What are their gifts? What are again, what are their priorities? To explore all of that about themselves and to then kind of take action on that. What does this Mm -hmm. mean? Right. You know, especially when I'll give you an example. I love coaching using strengths. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Right. And really helping women shift any of the changes they want to make by leveraging those strengths. You know, if a strength of yours is, you know, organization and you're struggling with helping your team stay on point, how can you leverage your, you know, that strength of being so organized and helping them that, you know, let's use what we have. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There,
0: there's a real clarity there that I hear in what you're saying that there's a necessity to let go of the self-consciousness and embrace Uh the self-awareness to let go of the Uh Um, self-judgment. If there was one myth about women's leadership, and we know many people have many ideas about women's leadership from very positive to very negative, but if there was one myth that you wanted to debunk about women's leadership, what would it be?
1: That there's a cookie cutter way of doing it.
0: Mic drop. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I you know, I don't think there is a cookie cutter way. I think there is your way. Yeah. The, you know, what I help my clients do is to kind of create that. What is that, that brand that is yours uniquely? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's by design. Yeah. You know, a lot of... A lot of us, our career is by default. Oh, this opportunity kind of showed up and I decided to go for it. And it really wasn't part of any kind of plan that I have around where I want to be in five years. It's just kind of goes along based on the opportunity that shows up. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but how much better might our results be if it was intentional? Right? Absolutely. Here's something that I say. I I say this in every talk that I do is, you know, you, you have a leadership brand, whether you know it or not. Right. Right. It's, you know, you, when you leave a room, what are the words? What are the attributes of, you know, what, how do people describe you? How great would it be if you actually inspired how others describe you? What adjectives, what words do you want people to use by being purposeful, by being intentional about how we show up as leaders? So this is a very long-winded way of answering your question. Oh, no, spot on. Be you, right? Be you, be your authentic self. I know that's kind of cliche, but I don't think it's untrue. It's, I think we need to show up as our best selves. And by design.
0: Right. That's another um, way of just saying that when your actions are in alignment with your highest intentions, that's when you step into that leadership. Um, I want to ask you specifically, what was the turning point for you? Because you had a long career in corporate, just like I did. I very clearly know what my turning point was. But what was your turning point where you were like, I need to move out of corporate I can make a much bigger contribution to women leaders who are in corporate. Tell me about that.
1: I so a turning point, it probably goes back a little bit before when I made that decision. You know, yes. I had gone to, uh, I will tell you this, my my boss at the time, who was also my mentor. Mm-hmm. I remember her saying to me, you know, we need to have somebody on the team who knows how to coach. And of course, my first question was, what's that? (laughs) Of course. Right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I but I'm up for anything, sure. Let's do it. You know, so she sent me to this program and I fell in love with it. And I, and I just remember sitting there in this room with all these other amazing people some of whom I'm still friends with today I'm um, right. just right. thinking this is again, like I said early on, this is the missing piece and this is what I love doing. This is about bringing it to the individual. Classroom training is a blast. I enjoy doing it and I realize the limits of its impact. This <laughs> is what I thought would drive it home. Right? Absolutely. Right. And I think that coupled with my own challenges of overworking, hyperachieving, and not getting the results that I thought that would give right. me. Right. Promotions, acknowledgement, just wasn't happening. Right. And so it was at that point that I said, you know, this is kind of my passion over here and I'm not getting what I want over there. So I'm I'm going to go do it. I'm going to take the chance. You know, I had never been, you know, done anything like this. I've been in corporate for many years. Right. Going out on my own was a scary thing, but yeah. I believe in what I was really intending to it to do through this work. I believe in it. Yeah. So.
0: Well, you're very good at it. I just want to say, I mean, my experience of you as a coach is that you are really a list. So if listeners wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach out to you and connect with you?
1: You know, I would encourage your listeners. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Go to my website. It's CamilleMcKinney.com. Uh, I would encourage you to reach out to me through my website and take a look at some of the, you know, some of the work that I'm doing. I've, uh, You'll learn a little bit more about my self-leadership methodology, how I kind of walk women through the process of moving from exploring who they are through self-awareness and self-knowledge, um, embodying what they learn about themselves through self-acceptance and self-regard to finally expressing their true leadership brand through self-care, key, and then finally being selfless. So you'll learn a little bit more about that. And I would love to to hear from your audience. I'm- um,
0: Oh, well, I think they're gonna be reaching out to you. So (laughs) just (laughs) for everybody listening who's not watching, it's C-A-M-I-L-L-E m-c-k-i-n-n-e-y camille mckinney.com and camille i i love the your journey because it one thing about it which i think is very true is we're all really results driven and we want the result today but -hmm. we don't get the result unless we do the hard work so Mm -hmm. your methodology um is explore embody express Mm-hmm. And there's a very high level of self awareness there that you are teaching your clients. Talk a little bit about that process because that is the magic transformation
1: right, yeah, it has to start there, and I think this is this can be the biggest challenge for yeah. my clients because they are those hyper achieving doers, right. Right. And so to pause, which is what self-awareness requires is for me to be present. So in, in, in the self-leadership model, self-awareness is the, it's the starting point. And there are two practices that make up self-awareness and that's presence and reflection. And Mm -hmm. so those moments of presence of being present enough to notice. What's coming up for me in this moment? What am I feeling in this moment? So there's that emotional, right? That emotional intelligence we all talk about, we all hear about, but it's key. What is my response to what's happening right now? Am I feeling frustrated, you know, labeling it? Am I feeling frustration? Am I feeling anxiety? What am I feeling around this and noting it? So it's about noticing. It's also about knowing how you impact others. Yes. Yes. Right? So getting that clarity through feedback, not always an easy thing to ask for. I have a fun exercise. I'll share it with you if you'd like, just to kind of tell you, I share this in my, um, in my talks, but I encourage my audience to reach out to 10 people. I call them your loving critics, right? The people <laughs> yeah, there's someone and I and her name escapes me, um, but she she referred to them that way. It's people that love you and will tell you the truth. <laughs> right? Right. So reach out to 10 people. They could be, you know, in your personal life, professional life and do it individually, maybe in a text, not in a group text. Right? Not do a group text. Do them individually and just ask what three words would you use to describe me? And then just receive it. Now, I'm, I will tell you that probably one of them will say, why do you want to know?
0: Of course.
1: <laughs> I'm really trying to get understand how I impact other people, I, you know, or yeah. whatever your response is, but I just want to know how I impact you, what you, you know, and so ask the question and then receive it. You may get a word or two that you're not crazy about. Just receive it. Don't go back and say, what do you mean I'm inflexible? You know, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) Just receive it and sit on it a bit. Look at them and just say, oh, okay, this is really interesting. I I did this the first time I did this exercise and someone responded with the word um, methodical. And I, my initial response was a little negative. I was like, what? Really? Yeah, it was. I don't know why. It's not in and of itself, it's not a a bad word or a bad adjective, but for me, it kind of hit a little point there and I went, oh, what does that mean? But I just sat with it and the question I asked myself at that point was, well, is this true? (laughs) Yes. And the answer was, yeah, it is. I like process. I like a step-by-step way of doing things. (laughs) Kind of comes also from my training background of creating process. Right. Right. But I didn't realize it was so obvious to other people. You know, sometimes we do that. Well, this is something, yeah, I know this about myself, but I didn't realize you saw that too, you know. So the question then becomes, is it true? And Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. No, there is no wrong answer here, right? right? It's about taking it in and saying, what can I learn from this?
0: Exactly.
1: Right. So exactly. some of the words are lovely, you know, warm, caring. I mean, we definitely want to hear those things. Yes. And what can I learn and- about myself through how I'm impacting others? So right. that's a big part of self-awareness, in my opinion. Very, it's yeah. a big part of it, so.
0: Yeah. a critical component of the emotionally intelligent leader is that ability to understand their impact on others and then modify their communication so that right. whoever they're speaking to that person understands them because let's just be really clear you wouldn't speak to someone in finance the same way you would to creative or you wouldn't speak to someone in hr the same way you would to someone in it it's different languages and different functions So, Camille, I know that you are very active on LinkedIn. I love everything you post. I know that you speak, you uh, lead webinars, you do trainings. Um, I just am really curious, uh, how do you curate your content? Because I know a lot of it is original, but you really do find the additional content is just so in line with your coaching and your support of women leaders. Just Uh talk about that a little bit, please.
1: Well, thank you. And I first I want to express gratitude to all those amazing article writers out there who are willing to share their wisdom because I'm happy to pass it on. That's pretty much what I do. You know, I subscribe to a lot of information and particularly around women in leadership and love just sharing it. And you know, with a thought or two here or there. I keep it simple. I'd like to just give people what I think they need and what's pertinent in the moment. And so a lot of it is around, you know, developing emotional intelligence or some recent study that came out around women in leadership. And there's been a lot, especially as a result of the pandemic and the impact on women in particular with this economic downturn. So it really has been, there's rich in content out there. So yeah, just doing a lot of curating and sharing and i'm kind of you know announcing it here but i'm kind of kicking around putting my newsletter on linkedin as well so i can get a broader audience uh it's one of the things i enjoy doing is writing it's a lot of fun and uh so that's that's kind of what i'm thinking of doing starting in the new year so doing a little research on that right now
0: oh let me tell you no do it this is okay. Lisa Gillette saying you must do it because what I so appreciate about how you do what you do is that it is a very practical, strategic, step-by-step processes that women and men who are in leadership roles or wanna be in a role of higher leadership can, can start doing right away. It is not convoluted or complicated. It is, and I'm gonna use a word which maybe a little bit of a touch point, but methodical, and it's a process, right? It's a process, which I think is brilliant. So just again, I wanna share with our viewers, you can find Camille, just go to her website. It is full of all sorts of information. Uh, You can contact her there. It is Camille McKinney, C-A-M-I-L-L-E, mckinney.com. Now, Camille, I know, um, you've got something you want to share with our listeners and I'm so excited about this. So please, um, what's the bottom line here? What would you like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, I think from a position standpoint, just kind of what I believe is that you really can't be an inspiring and empowering leader until you lead yourself first. Yeah. you got to start oh, yeah. there. And that yeah. this is actually the good news. I mean, one of the things that I learned as I was navigating this challenge is that I am the problem and I am the solution. Exactly. <laughs> right? And for me, this is like good news. So if I'm... And that may not sound like good news, but it really is. And I'm going to ask y'all to trust me on this because that right. means I have, this is somebody who has some like control issues, the idea that I can actually have some control over the change that I make yeah, is good news. It's not dependent on anything outside of me. It is about my openness and my willingness to change and to do the work yeah. so there again that's that ownership piece i talked about a little bit earlier it's that if i take ownership and i'm willing to be open and willing to change things happen
0: yeah exactly so,
1: what I have to offer. And I'm kind of excited about this because it's fairly new. I have a new resource on my website. It's called the Building Blocks of Self-Leadership. And so I invite you to go onto the website, kind of just opt in, give me your name and email address, and then I'm happy to send you this resource. It's fairly lengthy, but there's a lot of good stuff in there. It kind of starts with some visioning, you know, where do you want to be in a year, five years, 10 years? This is that intention, intentional work that we need to do. It's kind of like, where do I want to be? So it kind of starts there. And then there's a couple of exercises in there around strengths and values. So it's kind of rooted in that second building block of self knowledge Um, and really self awareness, of course, is required. That's going to be that thinking stuff, that reflection that I'm asking you to do. But to really dig deep. And, and it's really the goal is to get you on the path to developing your personal self leadership, it starts with that exploration. So this is kind of a a get you started um, worksheet that's gonna it's, it's, again, going to get you on that path. And then I invite you, if you're interested, there's an opportunity to sign up for a, what I call a Let's Connect call. It's a 20 minute call. It's just about, you know, what have you learned about yourself? It'll be about anything you want to talk about in relation to your journey as a leader and how, you know, where you might be noticing where you need some support. And I'd love to invite your listeners to sign up for one of those calls. And, you know, let's let's talk about it and let's see where there's some opportunities for you to develop your leadership brand
0: it's so important to understand that not everybody is going to have the same leadership style and i love this about how you work and your work and your process Um, so many people feel that they can't step into a role of leadership if they're not an extrovert which is so not the case and so many people feel that if they're not um have certain qualities that they may see reflected in their senior management team, that they can't step into a role of higher leadership. But it really does come down to that self-knowledge and self-awareness rooted in self-reflection, not Mm -hmm. self-judgment, and that's so important. Um, I mean, one of the things that you've been so clear about is that you coach women to work smarter by being present not harder to delegate that those things that they've done forever that someone else on the team should be doing to give someone else an opportunity. So I I would like to ask you if you were going to tell all of our listeners one thing about how to overcome, and I'm going to use a strong word here, a couple strong words, the fear of self-doubt because we know that many women, we have um, a very loud inner critic and it can present in a bunch of different ways, but it's that not enough message. What would you share with our listeners to just sort of respond to themselves in that conversation when that this, the inner critic starts to bark?
1: Right. Yeah, it's a nasty. <laughs> yeah, that's oh a, yeah. a- <laughs> so nasty, and we say these things to ourselves with things we would never say never to anybody else. Ever. Exactly. And, and I really, I think for me as a coach, it is that you know I kind of say I'm I'm a challenger. I I know you've had the uh, the topic of the Enneagram on before, uh, you know, in previous um, episodes, yeah, and right. I'm an eight. Which is the challenger. And so I've learned to use that right. And, but I, and I challenge in a kind way, but I ask folks to really, how true is that? Where does that come from? And let's dig deeper into that. Yeah. it's going to happen? And I think where we can overcome that self doubt, that imposter that is creeping into our thoughts is to create systems strategies for addressing Mm -hmm. it when it comes up noticing this is that self-awareness piece again noticing when that voice is showing up and acknowledging it it's not ignoring it right but acknowledging and saying look i i hear you i hear you right and what you're, what I'm hearing is not true. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's in that time. Again, it's noticing it and then sitting with it and processing, and you know, and I, and I get that this is not easy work. And it's going to keep showing up. And there's something. There's a there's, there's an opportunity that that voice is presenting, if you're willing to hear it. Because right. fear does come up all the time. I'll, you know, I'll raise my hand and say, "Yeah, it's me too." Um, it's opportunities present themselves that are scary, and yeah. we get to decide: Is this opportunity right for me? This is part of self care. That fifth yes, building block of boundaries. Does this align with who I am, but also self-advocacy? Am I willing to take a stand for myself? Right. Learning how to do these things. Right. And, and, and then making decisions based on that. So sometimes the voice the voice is a teacher if we're willing to learn. Correct. From that voice. Correct. Correct. Don't ignore it. Notice it and then go take it from there.
0: So, I want to share with our listeners, this work is not for the faint of heart. If you have uh any sort of confusion about why you want to become a leader, don't try to figure it out by yourself. Go to an expert. Camille can be found at camillemckinney.com and she is an expert. And for all of us, if we are dealing with something that may make us feel uncomfortable, that may make us doubt that the inner critic, that little voice we have in our head that tells us we're not enough or we're too much. Don't try and do this alone. Camille is offering this wonderful, wonderful opportunity to actually talk with her. Mm -hmm. Talk with her. There is no commitment here other than your time. So I highly recommend you reach out to her. You can find Camille at Camille C A M I L L E McKinney, M C K I N N E Y dot com. Reach out to her. Camille, this has been my absolute honor and pleasure. And you know, I'm going to be seeing you soon and talking mm-hmm. soon. Is there anything mm-hmm. you'd like to share with our listeners before we end today?
1: Wow. Another bottom line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think. Anything is possible if you're willing to you know this is it feels kind of cliche if you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to get to know yourself, yeah, and really have get clarity around what you want, who you are, and then creating a plan to get there. Yeah. Yeah what's in your way? The only thing that's in your way is you.
0: Exactly. And this is why it's so critical to have a coach. Camille, it was my honor to have you today. And to all my listeners, I highly recommend go to Camille's website, book that 20-minute Let's Connect call. There is no commitment on your part other than 20 minutes of your time. Camille can be reached at CamilleMcKinney.com. It's C-A-M-I-L-L-E-M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y.com. Camille, my honor, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. And thanks to your listeners for tuning in. I appreciate it. I've, I've so enjoyed this. Thank you. I,
0: I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Grace, Grit, and Getting It Done. I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. If you'd like more information or to contact me directly, send me an email Lisa at BigSky B-I-G-S-K-Y dot coach. Lisa at bigsky.coach. Thanks for listening.